Hi, it's DM Bill, and as you can tell, I am not impressed. Why, you may ask? Because it's what us old folks do. You want to know what does impress me? Besides a full night's sleep without a trip to the bathroom, every two hours, online shopping. That's right, online shopping impresses me. There's nothing I like more than clicking on the doodads on my jitterbug phone and buying the latest D&D books and gaming accessories from Amazon and having it delivered right to my door. That's darn convenient. Next time your kids are on your Twitcher book or Facey time, impress DM Bill and head on over to our website, thedungeonmastersdojo.com, and do some online shopping at our Amazon affiliate store. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it's a great way to support a podcast. See you next time in the dojo. I am the servant of the secret fire, wielder of the flame of Arnor. Scott. The dark fire will not avail you, flame of Uden. Scott. You. Scott, what are you doing? I'm getting ready to run the Monday night game. The Lord of the Rings always inspires me. Well, let's talk about some sources of inspiration. This week on the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Greetings and salutations, fellow DMs, GMs, referees, judges, and all other varieties of storyteller. I am Lou, and they are my inspiration. My second role in that D20, Scott and Bill. Feeling inspired, guys? A little bit. I'm a little tingly, actually. That's a little bit of inspiration <laughs> there, I guess. <laughs> Inspiration's a big part of running the game, wouldn't you say? Uh, well, it's at least a big part of starting the game. I mean, you, you got to base your scenario on something, and a little kernel of inspiration can go a long ways in building, you know, what you have envisioned. Yeah, I, and fortunately, uh, there's years and years and years of inspirational material, both in uh, in writing um, and uh, movies, TV, um, all sorts of things that could kind of spark that. Even that games. Even games, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, especially other people's games. I, I think every one of us who's ever run a game has kind of grabbed a little inspiration from our first game master or someone that we've we've sat in on a game with. Oh, absolutely, you know, as a player. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I know. I I sat like I said I, back in the RPG days. Um, you'd go to these conventions, and you're every four hours you're at a different table with a different game master for a few days on end, uh, and you see an awful lot of styles crammed up into one weekend and it, it's great to say well i like the way he did that i like the way she did that and boy that was really cool the way that that panned out so you just pick and choose what you want and, and and put it together and make you know create your own style yeah those those conventions they're um they're really good for that do you remember uh the uh the game we played we beta tested that game at gen con um where we were using the poker chips to kind of bump up other people's success oh, rates. The, oh yeah, the ETA. Yeah, the ETA, the ETA gaming engine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, check it out. It's it's pretty cool. He's on Facebook. He's an awesome guy. Um, great great GM. Huge fun. The system was amazing. Yeah, you because know, it 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 really. It not only did it take your gaming to a different level, but you helped other players take their gaming to a, a different level and it was designed to do that and it was really 
it was really, really good the way he set it up. Um, yeah, it was a, a truly cooperative game because you could um, you could elevate the awesomeness of of another person's whatever they were trying to do, uh, their action, their um, uh, you know, reaction, their, skill, their yeah. reaction. Yeah, it's it, it was it was big fun, and it was cumulative too because you could bump it. And then someone could bump your bump. Then someone could bump your bump, and uh, and then some really really epic things started happening. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think what he was going for was kind of those eighties nineties action movie stuff. You know, they're kind of like they were they were goofy and, over, and the, over top. the top, over the top, it, and, and it definitely pushed it to over the top. And, and that was, they like said, that was very inspiring because it gives you an idea sometimes. Going okay, I'm going to set up my my encounter, my scenario. Over the top, I I, I want to push it to the level. So let's let's make some you know. And they didn't just walk into uh, a house; they walked into a manor house, and they didn't just run into a you know a horse or two. And here's a herd of horses, and you, you makes you want to step up that one extra level to see how they deal with it. Yeah, he he nailed it, nailed it. Um, check him out on Facebook. He's he's there. It's the Ite Gaming Engine, and uh, we beta tested. His uh, his game over at uh, Gen Con. I guess he's getting pretty close to getting it ready for actual publication. But I hope so. Our, our group would tear that game. Yeah. Be, oh, they and he was an it. awesome guy. So definitely worth worth supporting him. But like I said, when you know, inspiration can be drawn from a, a number of places, in especially other game masters and their style of play. And so just watch how they do it. Uh, you don't you don't want to directly emulate them because uh, flattery may be a sincerest you know, form, but it's an insult too. And you just, rip yeah, them off. you don't yeah. want to rip them off. So, but you know, use bits and pieces and, and say, well, you know, I like the way he approached that. Um, you got, then you take game, at least you mentioned games. I don't know how many board games have turned into role-playing games for us. Even video games. Yeah. Video games as yep. well. You look at it, well, that's actually, that's kind of cool. It's quaint, it's small, but let, let's make it bigger. Let's make it better. Let's, let's do something with it. And it's a simple board game. Uh, well, what about some of your fav- favorite books? How have those in, um, inspired you? Well, uh, those were the primary source of inspiration for me, anyway. Because uh, back in the old days, we didn't have we didn't have these amazing video games, and we certainly didn't have that those those kind of movies that we do now. No. Um, <laughs> so books books were a big thing. I one of my one of my favorites. Um, was uh, every book in the Myth Adventures series by Robert Asprin. Mm-hmm. Um, those were, I don't know how many. There's a, there's a lot of them, and and I've I've, I've read all of them. Uh, but he's he's a he's a very um, very easy easy read. It's kind of like I don't know eating a bag of Doritos. You know, it's not a really good meal, but it's enjoyable to sit down and <laughs> you know have uh have a few Doritos and maybe a Pepsi or something like that, or Coke, if that's your, that's your thing. It's, it's certainly not war and peace, um, or Madame Bovary, but, uh, big inspiration for me in, uh, approaching wizards and other planes. The slant he puts on it is, 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 is pretty cool. Yeah. I think for, for me, the, the one that I really got into was, um, R.A. Salvatore's books, oh, like yeah. the Crystal Shard and that whole series. The few games I did run early, 
um, in the back in the day, those were what I based my games off of. I I met him at uh, he was at a Walden book signing, and he was a really nice guy. This was probably had to be more than twenty years ago, maybe twenty five years ago. Um, but yeah, he was very nice, very cordial. Yeah. Oh, those were good books too. Oh yeah, they were. That, but oh, yeah. for me, that that was my source of inspiration. No. How about you, Bill? Which, what drove me is Isaac Asimov. He's another I, one. Yep. I read everything and anything, and I was subscribing to his his periodical that had short stories that he yeah. not only wrote, he wrote, but um, that he sponsored and, and would try to bring up you know new writers. And the the different perspectives and the stuff I got out of there was, was amazing because a lot of it was sci-fi, but a lot of it was easily transferable to fantasy or to if you're doing post-apocalyptic. Yep. Uh, no matter what genre you're playing with, a lot of that stuff was very, very transferable, or at least to the point where you can you can change it enough to make it work in your system. Yeah, and everyone's it, like, gee, where do you come up with this brand new you know stuff? It's like, I didn't, but I'm not telling you where I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, sci- that, sci-fi was, that, was, that was my 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 little ace in the hole was those those As- Isaac Asimov periodicals coming in every month. Well, the old the old D and D rule set had had a was pretty heavily influenced with with science fiction stuff. Oh yeah, um, as well. I I don't was it the old uh, Dungeon Master's Guide that had had something related to. I don't know, crash spaceship. Just the fact that psionics was in the player's oh, handbook. Yeah, you're talking like Spelljammer era. Yeah, I, even before that. Okay, even before uh, Spelljammer. Like, well, uh, yeah, you the first some, edition. So the first edition. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was there was hints about the D and D world actually being a post apocalyptic. Yeah, and I think that's where Faerun kind of began to blossom. Um, but they're they're close relatives, sci fi and fantasy. I mean, you look at uh, look at Star Wars, which is Star Wars is kind of like the uh, love child of fantasy and science fiction. Yep. So, with that said, what about TVs and television movies? What, what, what were some of your inspirations? Uh, I, Ador the Fighting Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I am a a connoisseur of terrible uh, fantasy B movies. Uh, you know, Miles O'Keefe, David Carradine, Lou Ferrigno. Um, Hawk the Slayer was definitely in there. <laughs> Any of the Ator, the Fighting Eagle, which were... Um, they were classics. Yeah. Horrible they're, classics. They're, I think they were filmed in someone's backyard. They were. <laughs> uh, I like the guy's kid. Um, but they were still pretty They were still pretty entertaining. Uh, they don't age well. I noticed that. <laughs> uh, but go watch Hawk the Slayer. It's... One of Scott's favorites. One of my favorites. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably got the best fantasy spaghetti western crossover soundtrack ever. And your Hunter from the Future uh, was was heavy on camp, but some of the more, um, I don't know the the ones with the better writing and better acting, closer to mainstream. Yeah, Lost. Lost was always yes. always a big yep. inspiration, <laughs> and uh, that the old heavy metal. Um, I remember that too. Yep. Animated movie. Yep. The soundtrack, I think, mostly uh, was well, for a lot of us that actually grew up in that era. <laughs> yeah, that soundtrack was was everything, and the animation was was awesome too. But yeah, I, I as far as a lot of the TVs, I go way way back to a lot of the the Harryhausen uh, stop motion stuff. Yeah, I, I there's something about the way those were written. Um, you know the suspense and how it built up and little pieces and little hints and um, 
that's I, I try to emulate that. I try to you know build and build and build, and all of a sudden it's like ta da! You know, here's the bad guy, or here's this, and here's that, and this is what you have to to combat now. The other one was like again on the same thing. Uh, Jaws was amazing. How you didn't see Jaws until the movie was almost over, but every time you heard the music, you'd cringe. The suspense, you know, because of the suspense, and it's it's the implication of something bad or imposing or something about to happen, and you can see your players on the edge of their seat going, "Oh, here it comes!" and you just drag it out a little bit more, and you and if you pull it back, and then you you bring it back in, and then when you finally unleash it, that's when like you know the, all hell breaks loose. And I, that's the, the the styles in the movies that I liked. Uh, maybe going back a little little ways, but you know, black and white, you know, stop animation. But th- those are the ones that well, I really I I got a lot out of. Harryhausen, uh, his stuff was 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 fantastic. I don't I don't know how many times I've used the uh, skeletons from Jason and the Argonauts in an encounter before, <laughs> those, just because those it were was, always good ones. Yeah, yeah, it was a um, it was a fantastic scene. Yes, um, because it it was, you know, they were silent. You know, they were threatening because of the fact that they made no noise, right? Um, and they were just they were operating. That was their. Well, it was their for me. It was their movements. You know, it was yeah, yep. Yeah, it was very eerie. So you know, you could bring that. You know, that would make me try to do something like that in the game as well. Yeah, and one of you know regarding Jaws and and, and movies like that. It doesn't have to necessarily be a fantasy or a sci-fi movie for it to be inspirational, or for you to pull something out of out of the um, the movie and add it add it to your game. Oh no! Yeah. Um, just like I was it last year, we were working on one of my um, never came. I never got to run it yet. But the the, the towers, the towers, yeah, that was actually from a, a foreign film that was only probably maybe five or six years old. But um, that's where I got the idea for that whole module i created right right yep and i said you, you can pull it from pretty much anywhere mm-hmm. it's just what tickles you what what gets the juices flowing in your particular head because yep. someone else will watch exactly the same thing and and not and not involved you i don't see anything there exactly. you're watching it and oh that would be awesome mm-hmm. if i just change that to this and instead of you know being the a guy with a machine gun change that to a wizard and um or so you, your inspiration is going to be different than someone else's watching exactly the same right. thing it's just what they said what gets your particular juices flowing as far as thinking about stuff like that well what what are some of the other things that will spark like for me uh, other things that will spark inspiration actually is and I know where you touched on it is actually watching you two guys um you guys set the bar very high in my book. So, you know, we try to, and I said this in our session zero, I, we always try to see what Bill has up his sleeve and, and same with Scott. And we try to incorporate that and try to use a different spin on it our, ourselves. Yeah, I well, when we're doing something for our big game or if we're world building or if we're trying to put together the theme for what the Monday nights are going to be like. We always sit down and bounce ideas off each other back and forth for hours. And it's not entirely dissimilar from sitting here in front of microphones and, and, 
and talking about it. Do, yeah, talking about it. Oh, the two, uh, I can st- honestly say that Scott inspires me a lot, mm-hmm. and I hope I do the same thing for him. Absolutely, we, we yeah. think a lot alike, but not so much alike that we're not coming from different angles. Um, I'm more logistic, more tactical. He's more story driven. Yep. And when we come into the same point from those two point of views, as we're bouncing things back and forth, all of a sudden we both look at each other and go, "Damn, that's it." We got it. And so I, I find Scott very inspirational because of the style that he has complements my style amazingly well because he picks up where my faults are. Right. And vice versa. Yep. Um, I, I, you can having, – having a really good story is important, but if there's, there's no uh, logistics and mechanics to it, it's not going to go anywhere. It's, it's going to be a lot of fluff. Right. Um, and, uh, that's, that's why it's, it it works when, when we get together and we, we do stuff like that. Um, because, you know, one person fills in the gaps of the other. Right. And, uh, if you can, if you can collaborate with another GM, uh, your, your end product is, is, is always going to be good. You know, being inspired by other people who, enjoy the hobby um, is is important uh, and our players are are pretty inspirational too when when you have someone who really gets behind their character it makes you want to you know run a really good a really good session for them yeah because I we go back to one of our other episodes that we did I know you both of you touched on it um, their backstories is very inspirational too. Yeah. Um, their histories there, you know, and then their flaws and everything else um, adds into to the game as well. Yeah. You get a character that um, is played by, you know, one of the players at your table and you really are interested, you know, you find interest. I think in- a lot of times too, is if you drive that particular player and he acts out through his character that drives the other players as well. And they like, well, if he's going to do that, I'm going to do this. Or that was really awesome. Um, now I want to try this. And we've seen, we've had some quiet players on yep. our table. And you've seen over the years how they've been drawn out by the the, you know, the more boisterous and more experienced. Even if they're not more experienced, just boisterous. They get behind their character and they play it to the nines. Yep. And everyone else is like, that was awesome. And you can see them striving as well. I was one of those guys at one point. You still suck. I yeah, don't. I know. <laughs> That's why you blow everything up. I don't blow everything. Up. We love you, Lou. A couple things here and there. I mean, as far, but inspiration can be like I said. We've, I mentioned in a, a, um, a previous episode that you can go to a Ren Fair. Yep. And see a lot of different things there. Performances. Uh, I've gone to the crafts through the craft area and just looked at some of the crafts and got ideas on magic items. Yep. Yeah, I I I, I do that at a. Uh, uh, flea markets. Yeah. You go to a flea market and it's, it's full of all this interesting junk. None of which you really are interested in buying, but, um, it is, it's, it's some inspirational stuff for a, uh, for a magic item or, or something that's going to start a, uh, uh, a story arc. You go to a flea market and play the theme to your favorite fantasy movie. Lord of the Rings, whatever it is, play the music and then go through, go through there. And you're going to look at it completely different 
You're going to think yeah. you're yeah. you're in a big city going through the bazaar. There's going to be a castle off in the background and start looking at the way the people are acting and stuff like that. And you will, why are you laughing? Because you're showing your age. Not many young people go to a flea market. <laughs> Well, Both you, you well, you should. You These should. People are trying to make a living, and there's there's actually some pretty cool stuff in there. But um, yeah, it's it it's true. You'll get a lot of weird looks um, running through the flea market, uh, playing you know the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. But um, well, you, you're probably just don't go back for a while. You're at and, a flea market, as Lou just pointed out. Half of them couldn't hear, anyways. Yeah. So, but but it, I watched the crowd. I watch the people sometimes just sit back and, and people watching is fun and watch some of the interactions and stuff like that, how some of the vendors deal with the people, especially the problematic people. And you get see arguments pop up and that stuff can translate to your game very easily. Yeah. People watching is, people is watch a it, huge inspiration. Yeah, but, tool. but in a large venue like that, uh, you'll see a little bit of everybody, and a little bit of everything. And just through your mind's eye, put put a spin on it, throw a couple, you know, banners out in the area and, and uh, in a lot of cases, you can already smell the cow and horses. Um, so just, you know, just kind of change your mindset just a little bit. And that could be very, very inspiring for some of your city scenes. And Well, just uh, even like for like some of our more modern games that we've played, just regular going downtown or something yeah. can give you some ideas too sometimes. Yeah. With all the modern stuff. Yeah. Oh, yep. You know, down, downtown at a local city is not entirely different than downtown in a fantasy or medieval city. You just change the buildings, but the people are going to be the same. Yep. Pretty close, yeah. And and it's going to help up your description game a lot too. Um especially with um with your NPCs, you get to you know describe how someone walks. Um how how someone someone will talk. You know, you get these uh uh, I was watching one guy meandering through a store, and he was really tall and lanky. And we're at we're at a mall, and he was uh, he was so tall and lanky it he was he was kind of like hunched over. He was almost arced over, but he walked like a gunfighter, you know, ready to you know ready ready to get down in you know the the middle of Dodge City. So I was like, oh, what a great what a great way to describe someone's body language, you know, and really like bring them to life. So yeah, people watching is huge inspiration. It's, it's, it's fun. And a lot of different levels too, because I was at a Skylish Island festival and I happened to be sitting back and I knew the vendors of a particular tent and I bought some stuff and was sitting back going through my stuff. And I look up and I seen this woman and she just had this, I don't know, the way she was acting just kind of set, distinguished her from everyone else around it. And come to find out she was trying to steal some things but I watched how she she moved and and how she would you know her timing and how she was trying to make sure no one was was watching her and you know the vendors were looking another way and eventually walked up behind her and ratted her out and <laughs> but because I mean I knew the vendors right, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let it go by uh, but I've used those that, those type tactics when I was playing a a character that's going to steal something or d- describing how the party is seeing someone going through the motions and just describe what I've seen in real life and whether they're successful or not. Uh, and as far as the game's concerned, sometimes breaks down to a role, right? Uh, but the descriptions there, and like you said, you, the more descriptive you are, uh, we mentioned this before, 
everyone else in the table is in their mind's eye is a little bit closer to the reality you're trying to put across. Yeah, we're just we're, as a DGM, you're painting a picture, so you want your descriptions to be as on point as possible. Absolutely. Have you ever turned uh, someone you knew, like a real person, into an NPC? Oh yeah, oh yeah, a bunch of times. Yeah, I don't know if that's flattery or 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 offensive, but uh, that's what I'm wondering too. Yeah, it's. I, I don't just know wondering I, if we did it to you. That's no, all you. I, I know you didn't do it to me. <laughs> Nothing blew up. <laughs> we've we've done that. We did that one year to a guy we we're trying to get to go away with us who used to game with us, and he didn't. So we're like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna get him here anyway. We're gonna turn him into a half ogre NPC. Yes, it was like uh, a okay, gate yep. guard, um, just to uh, kind of memorialize him in, uh, in in the game, but. Yeah, when you turn people you know into uh, into an NPC, it's a lot easier to get descriptive. It's it's inspiring too. I've had bosses um, that I've turned into NPCs. I didn't like those guys. It wasn't it wasn't supposed <laughs> to be a form of flattery. Uh, it was anything but. But the um, yeah, turning people you know. Into, oh, the into, slug monster named Bob yeah. makes sense now. <laughs> Damn Bob. <laughs> So, we I know we we talked about um, each other, but how I know we kind of discussed on how our uh, players at the table inspire us. What are some of the other things about them other than what's on their paper will sometimes inspire you? I think just the way that they they role play their character. Marcus um, Marcus brought this this character in who was uh who was awesome. He was a bard, Vicanor. And uh, Vicanor was like gender fluid. Yep. And he was he was an awesome he was an awesome character because he uh, he was very tastefully done. You know, it wasn't like a parody or anything. Um, and, and he was intriguing. You know, so I wanted to I wanted to put some situations uh, for Vicanor into um, into into the the campaign, so I could I could kind of shed a light on him and let him have his his moments. And, um, every time I did, uh, you know, Mar- Marcus always brought it to the, always brought it to the table. You he know, did. he, he didn't, he didn't disappoint. Nope. No, I don't think not once. <laughs> um, and then, you know, of course our, our other, other players, you know, their, their characters I can really get behind and I want to, um, I want to explore a little bit more of what they're about and their, their backgrounds and, um, afford them the opportunity to to stretch their abilities. Well, a lot of times I'll I'll be talking with them that has absolutely nothing to do with the game, and their interests and stuff like that. And you throw something out there that is along the lines of their character, but it's an area of expertise or familiarity that they have in real life. It's it's a you talk about descriptive. Um, they, they they cut loose and it's fun to watch because you know you see that little glint in their eye like I know this I really do know this I'm not just pretending you know uh, while I pretend uh, they you know so I I I'll listen to their conversations or just watch them how you know or, or gee what do you do for a living and where did you travel and what do you do and what are your interests and just through the conversations we've had over the years there's a lot of little things you'll pick up that you can put in the game, again, to give them their moment. Uh, even if it's just a bunch of little moments, 
And yep. everyone has a bunch of little moments. It doesn't have to necessarily be this glaring spotlight saying, hey, look at me. I'm awesome at this particular moment. Give them a couple little shots here and there uh, where they're, you know, that expertise has a chance to come forward. And then the characters will start looking to them going, well, you were right that time and the time before that and hell that time there. So what do you think? So now the players are putting them in the spotlight, not you. Well, yeah, the other player, players other, are inspiring them each other, right? And now that's just it. You're being driven by the yeah. characters, and, that, and that's a that that that's a cool thing to happen. Yeah, around when your the players table. are driving each other, that's that's really fun to watch. But a lot of times, those little those little moments all added together, where everyone had you know can shine just a little bit here and there. It doesn't have to, like I said, it doesn't have to be this big broad spotlight. You know, saying, it's your moment, get up on stage where everyone can stare at you and ridicule you, you know, and, and yeah. you better make that roll. Um, but, you know, these these little times where their personal uh, abilities and skills and knowledge comes into play and they, they'll they play that through their character. That reminds me, when you bring that up, that reminds me of the, uh, do you remember the the sci-fi game we played at Gen Con? It wasn't uh, Leopard Women from Venus, which was pretty cool. That was pretty good. But it was... Uh, it was the one we played. Well, actually, it was it was kind of like the geriatric table. It was a bunch of gray-haired oh, old men oh, yeah. uh, sitting there. <laughs> I and, felt right at home. Yeah, but that was that was a fantastic game because that exact thing happened. Yes. And we just went round robin. And, and I remember looking at, at the head of the table at the GM, and he was just sitting there with uh, with his arms, arms crossed or sipping his coffee. And at one point in time, he said, this is the easiest job I've ever had. I'm just letting you guys do your thing. It's by 45 minutes where he never said a word. Yeah, yeah. Like the table just took it over. And that's hard for a, a, a GM to do. But but he came <laughs> back, yeah, it was pretty close to 45 minutes where the yeah. table just ran yep, right, off of each other. and Right just, off of everyone, and, yeah. And he's like, you're following the, you're, you're doing everything that I want you to do. I just don't have to. Urge Direct, you on, yeah, you're urging each other on. Yep. That was that was the single best game. Yeah, that was that, that, that was, was fantastic. Yep, that was. Uh, and I wish I could remember the name of the system. The GM was an awesome guy. He was an, he was a paramedic. Yep, uh, for his full time job, but he was doing an, an OSR thing, um, with some old D and D rules, and it was all sci fi. It had that vibe like a '70s science fiction movie, kind of like, um. Was it the green monster or something along those lines? No, no, that, that was another one. This one was, uh, something, something about Andromeda or, or something like that. I, I, I forget. Yeah. Um, but man, was it fun. And we did exactly that thing you were talking about. Yes. Yep. And that's, that's probably one of the best ways to get a, a source of inspiration too, I guess. And didn't pass it around. Yeah. And, and it was fun for, for everyone. Because we had uh, we had seen, um, we'd seen those guys a few times, uh, yeah. all around Gen Con and everything. Oh yeah, and uh, you know every time I saw the guys, we were like smiling and waving and everything because it was that much of a good time. Um, well, I mean, in summation, your inspiration can come from any place, anything, anyone. As long as it inspires you, then use it. Put it in your game. You inspire your players. They'll inspire each other. They'll inspire you back. And it goes round robin, and everyone has a great time. And that's what it's all about, right? That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us on Facebook. 
at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.